Hello and welcome to Plaster Negotiations, where none of the debates are legally binding. I'm your host, Mike Stotes. If it's your first time tuning into Plaster Negotiations, we cover sports and some other interesting news bits while consuming adult beverages. The topics don't necessarily get harder to debate, but the panel's ability to speak English will. Oh my God, I see one of them now. It's soul. Holy crap. We may need to actually do a beverage sound off after this. Um, but with all that in mind, let's meet our panel and hear their opening statements. Starting with me, because I had to take a raw deal because most of our panelists decided to um, not uh, follow their schedules all too well. But one of which uh, had a halfway decent excuse, Ryan Benner. He lost last week, so I will be doing his punishment so the plaster negotiations gods bring down great uh, tidings for this episode. So while I suffer from this shot of Fernet, which is god-awful, J.K. Wilemon, give the people your opening statement. I'll follow up afterwards, and then we'll come to one of our guest panelists. But, Cade, take it away. What's up, everybody? It's another week, another another broadcast by Plaster Negotiations. Uh, I'm going to start off by talking about how um, MILF hunter Zach Wilson will not be doing that anymore. Poor guy has apparently uh, from Jets.com, uh, apparently has torn his meniscus and a bone bruise. So Ooh. he's only going to miss out for a few weeks, but uh, mom's in the New York area. You can rest easy knowing that he's not going to be hitting the DMs. So uh, other than that, it's another Saturday. <laughs> Preseason is upon us, and college football is two weeks away. We're back in the good graces of God. Football is back, and that's all I have to say. Foot Football is indeed back. It's Thanks, Kate. It's going to be a rough year for, for me being a South Carolina fan and having to pull for Spencer Rattler, but uh, thank God uh, for alcohol. So I, I think South Carolina is going to be fine with him. Is he a bit of a prima donna? Sure, but oh, aren't, yeah. aren't they aren't they all? Oh yeah, I just don't like him personally, is all. And you know, anybody who's uh, sponsored by Raising Canes is just that. Oh God, it's just awful chicken. Oh man, that, that's one thing the West needs to get better at is fried chicken. That, that's all I'll say about that. Um, but thanks. So I'll get into my opening statement next. Um, so kind of becoming a theme is, uh, for me anyways, A, fuck people who drive Subarus, uh, and B, fuck snowbirds. C, fuck snowbirds who drive fucking Subarus. So um, up in New England where I live, there's it's all like one-lane roads with like big shoulders so you can get around people, right? Um, so before this morning, I was just going to bitch about how Subarus are just awful and, you know, like how the hell they're up here. But, uh, I saw something today that really just took it, it took me aback. It was a, a Honda Odyssey, you know, one of those big, you know, minivan things. Um, and we're driving in kind of into my town, you know, getting back from a workout. So I'm like, oh my God, oh, fuck you all, all exhausted. And then all of a sudden this, this odyssey that is just filled to capacity with just the oldest looking people i've ever seen in my life i I'm, I'm talking like you know okay this might be your last ride grandma type of thing I, these are old fucking folks man the dude who's in there the whole way back he's driving 10 under the speed limit until we get right to our town and then he decides to do a three-point turn all right and i 
yeah, I see what he's doing. I'm like, oh, I could get around him. No problem. I don't know how the fuck he became Dale Earnhardt senior, but he blocked every fucking lane. I couldn't get around this guy. There was no way in hell. It was like, okay, well, we're just going to play shuffleboard. And then he's just blocking everybody. It was insane. Um, So I guess the purpose of this talk is uh, snowbirds continue to surprise me. And holy crap, I wish they would stop. Oh, my gosh. Just go back to Florida and leave me alone. So as mentioned earlier, uh, some people don't know how to uh, read a schedule. Those people... Uh, are uh, Caleb McChesney and Jeremy Phelps. So they will not be joining us this week, probably a little bit too hungover. So called on a good old friend of mine from the great state of New Mexico, the land of entrapment, one of its citizens. Let's uh, hear the opening statement from Alonzo Maestas, Esquire. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me, first of all. I, I want to, I had a thought when I was listening to your story you, he wanted to be Dale Earnhardt senior. He was senior, just, yeah. he was just senior. He wasn't Dale Earnhardt at all. He was just, he, he showed that he was just senior. So, you know, that, that, that's kind of typical for those Subaru drivers who snowbirds and they're 170 years old trying to drive through anywhere. So I'm thinking his like primary vehicle was probably a Subaru Outback. Uh, but I mean, I'm serious. He could probably take up all four lanes at Daytona. If he was out in front, man, it was some maneuvering. I've, it was incredible. So it's it's both impressive and pathetic all at once. It sounds like indeed. So my my opening statement here, um, and Mike has lived here before, so I think he can attest to this. Albuquerque traffic, Albuquerque traffic, Albuquerque. <laughs> I almost died on the big eye. <laughs> yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Albuquerque, the city, you know, the metro area, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand people. The city itself, probably about five hundred thousand people. I have traveled in large cities, LA, Phoenix, Dallas, Houston. I've been, I've, as Johnny Cash said, I've been everywhere, right? I have not seen worse traffic than in Albuquerque, freaking New Mexico. What the <laughs> hell is wrong with drivers here? Where there's always construction and nothing ever gets finished. So you're driving through and it's like, oh, you know, construction going on. It'll last from this to this, two weeks, four years later, the same sign is up and it's still construction. The construction is so better than South Carolina. I will say that. In New Mexico, it's better than South Carolina. Not well, saying not, much. I, 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 yeah, well, that's that's a low bar, too, if you think about that, you know. But the traffic yeah. here is stupid. Um, the people, people cause accidents by stopping to look at accidents that happen to be going the other direction, you know, and they like, oh, let me, let me, like, you know, rubberneck, gooseneck, whatever. Stop it, guys. We're not <laughs> that big. We're not that important. Just quit with this fucking traffic. Drive. Just get to where you're going. Don't don't cause the rest of us to be late because you decided you're going to get in an accident as well because you saw an accident on the other side and you want to impress yourself by being in an accident. Quit your shit. God damn it. That's that's my take. That that is a good take, and it reminds me of the worst driver I've ever seen. And I was thinking about doing a little mini series about this on this podcast, but eh, probably not going to happen. Um, the worst drivers i've ever encountered are those who have georgia license plates or those who have massachusetts license plates but georgia's much worse they are sneaky you don't expect it because everybody's like oh florida it's down there they're just really bad nope nope uh 2019 heading to uh the masters i was driving um on one of the interstates going from alabama to 
uh, Augusta, Georgia. And after you get past Atlanta, I was going, you know, about 70, 80. And there's this little shitty green Honda Civic. It wasn't a Subaru. I was very surprised. And this thing, whenever it would hit a curve, the momentum would carry the doors and the doors would open. So like if it was a curve going to the right, the passenger side front and back doors would open. If it was going to the left or correcting itself, the driver's side door and the one behind it would open too. And again, you know, I was doing about 10 over and this guy passes me like I'm standing still with these doors flying everywhere. About 15 minutes later, predictably, he wrapped that uh, beast of a Honda Civic into a tree. So, you know, there's just bad drivers everywhere, man. Bad drivers everywhere. But New Mexico is definitely one to avoid. If you see chili peppers on the license plate, uh, run. Not only that, but don't stop in Albuquerque overnight if you're traveling through. Your car will get stolen or any of your property in your car will get stolen, especially if you're stopped at at a hotel on I-40 and whatever. So, right. fair warning. Right. University of New Mexico is number one in the nation in car thefts. Let's go Lobos. Say that as a proud alum, right? Considering a friend who's an athletic trainer there. Shout out Aaron Estes. (laughs) Oh, wow. <laughs> Best of luck, brother. I hope you're doing well. <laughs> hope he buys that uh, Georgia guy's Honda Civic. No one will want to steal that thing. I remember last time I saw him, he told me that one time he was like having to stay late at the uh, training facility mm-hmm. and just a bunch of like homeless people like started like beating on the door, just like trying mm-hmm. to get in, I guess, just like just for a place to crash for the night. And he just kind of like looked at them like, like, help me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we god alonzo we should really do like albuquerque stories because i'm just thinking of all the ones you know that mark told us and stuff about stealing those uh outdoor heaters and putting them in the sewers and shit oh my god oh, oh there are god. more stories about Albuquerque. i mean we could we could probably do a whole season i feel like that'd be very dangerous the uh, the ammonia mixed with the <laughs> with the propane heater <laughs> yeah it, it's it's albuquerque <laughs> Yeah, that's just just what it is. Yep. (laughs) The land of entrapment, land of entrapment. So before we get into our first uh, topic, let's do a beverage sound off. What are we all sipping on today? I myself, because, you know, the weather finally broke up here and sipping on some Southern Tier Pumpkin Whiskey. It's very, very nice. Ooh, Kate, what you got? So in this slow pitch softball league that I play in, Every team has adopted basically the same rules, but if you ever strike out, you owe the entire team a case of beer. What the? Yeah. Well, it is slow pitch. Okay. Yeah, it it is slow pitch. You shouldn't be striking out. But when I first started, I hadn't played in a hot minute. It's probably been two years. So you can imagine I struck out. I struck out twice. Fortunately, I've only struck out twice. There's a guy on our team who owes the team like eight. He's just not very good. Jesus. <laughs> but he's just a good guy, so we keep inviting him back. <laughs> um, but so I brought my two uh, this week. So I have a bunch of leftover like Bud Light, Nickelodeon Ultra, and I've already had two this morning. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> as soon as I woke up and had breakfast, I already <laughs> popped the top. So I'm just kind of leaning on that right now. But uh, but this third one right now is feeling real good. Excellent. Excellent. Alonzo, I saw what you're sipping on, but audibly this tell the is- folks. 
This is a sol chelada. So I don't know if y'all are aware of what cheladas are. Chelada, you mix, uh, typically it's a Mexican beer. You mix tomato juice with it. You put some Tabasco in it, pepper, lime. Mm -hmm. um, some people uh, line the, the rim with some sort of spice or what have you. Um, so I had some friends over last night and we typically make them. I, I was lazy and I just went to the store and bought pre-made ones. These are the ones that I go for if they're pre-made because, well, I think they taste better than the other pre-made ones. Um, and I still have a few. So Sweet. Sta I'm starting with this. There's another one I'm going to go to a little later that we'll have to we'll have to look at. One that our good buddy Mark brought me from, from Arizona. So Christ, so yeah. have you checked it for poison? Uh, no. Um, so okay. it may kill me because he almost killed me a few years ago with some crap that he served me, which was interesting. Um, but yeah. And Kate, to your point, you guys don't want the guy back because he's a nice guy. You invite him back because he's just going to keep owing you guys Kate, uh, uh, cases of beer. That's, let's just call a spade a spade, bro. Come on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve, don't don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, so, somebody does great at being a catcher. All right, that's right. That, that's all. That's all. Defensive warrior who that, gets everybody it. fucked up. That's right. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, so let's get into our first topic of the week. This week, the state of Massachusetts legalized sports betting, although operationally it will not be available in mass until 2023 at the earliest. Um, as of now, many states are either pending allowing sports gambling straight up, excluding some of the following, including Alaska, California, Vermont, Hawaii, Idaho, Utah, Minnesota, Missouri, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Texas, Bama, Georgia, and South Carolina, with Florida in a perpetual state of legal limbo, as it normally always is. J.K. Wallamon, what is your take on the mass legalization and adoption of sports betting in the United States? This is a great topic, and this is where coming from the Bible Belt of the South really hits for me because growing up in Alabama, there is no lottery system and there is no sports betting. Uh, they got they got a lottery right when I left uh, a year ago. They were starting to roll out uh, an actual lottery in that state and Mississippi. It it failed. Oh, it did. I'm not. not I, I'm pretty sure it failed. Oh, wow. So so coming from a state that does not do that. And looking at all the money that the nearby states who do have a lottery system makes off of us is astronomical. I don't even want to imagine like what the number is, but I think I know for a fact, I, I want to say for an instance, I want to say it was like $48 million comes from mm -hmm. Alabama to the nearby state. And that's like probably per state, not just together. Mm -hmm. So 48 to Tennessee, 48 to Mississippi, 48 to Florida, 48 to Georgia. Mm -hmm. It's astronomical. That's money that we could be putting in towards infrastructure. That's money that they could mm -hmm. be putting into teachers. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Royal Alabama. There are so many friends that I have that are teachers. And that right mm -hmm. now, they're just like, we don't make a whole lot of money as salary. And we're mm -hmm. having to put our own money in the classroom. It's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I feel for them. I'm sure that you can attest to that, Stoats. Oh, so, yeah. So to add to that into now having sports betting would be astronomical. I think the state should allow it. It what What's the problem? I just don't get it. It's their money. Let them do whatever they want with it. If they want to put it on a freaking betting system, let them. I don't see what the problem is. Like right now, I, yeah. I did a statistics right here. Mississippi sports betting revenue in 2021, sports bettors wagered $67 million and sports books kept $9 million in gross revenue. 
Nine million bucks in gross revenue. Tennessee, starting since 2020, has wagered 523 million in sports betting. This is a shit ton of money that we are talking about. They could be doing a lot to help the economy. They could be doing a lot to help out the individuals. There ain't no telling what they could have done in 2020 alone, you know, as far mm -hmm. as everything else goes. So I'm all for it. Let the states do it. Let the people bet their own money. It's their money. Let them do whatever they want with it. I'm all for it. Yeah, very unique, very unique uh, a take on that. And when I was living in, in Bama, uh, the city I was living in, it was probably about a 30-minute drive to Mississippi and Tennessee. Um, and, like, literally, I would drive up to Tennessee to buy lottery tickets because, as mentioned earlier on this podcast, uh, I'm a lottery degen. But literally, the second you would cross the Tennessee state line, the first business there was a lottery depot and you would just go in there and just see all kind of roll tide stuff on these folks so there's definitely a bunch of people in a lot of these states that have the lottery that want it, or that in states that don't have the lottery that want it right and i would assume the same thing with sports betting although my opinion might be a little bit different but we'll get to that later alonzo what is your take on the mass legalization and adoption of sports betting in the United States? I have no problem with it. Um, people, people bet regardless. It, you know, is it, it, it's happening one way or another. It's not. It's not. And I'm, I make I make a point. It's not like someone you know you know taking fentanyl or shooting up heroin. You know, it's a, it is happening. The state should jump in and make some make some money off of this. Collect your taxes. You know, uh, I want to go into kind of a a secondary topic that just stems from that, you know, I think there's a concern and I don't know if it's a state concern or if it's a concern from the leagues, but about athletes betting, you know, if sports betting becomes legalized, athletes are going to be more apt to bet. I say, let them bet, but let them bet on the bottom line, win loss. And you have to bet on your own team. You cannot bet the over under, you cannot bet spreads just, you have to bet on your own team and straight win or lose. That's the bet. And you must bet win. That way the integrity stays there. You're just working your ass off so your team wins. So I think that's a secondary issue when it comes to this. And it doesn't go straight to your first question. Should it be, you know, legalized or what have you? But I think it's it's an issue that would come up if, if it was legalized everywhere. But I and again, and this is up to the sports leagues, but they should let the, their athletes bet on their own team to win flat. And if you don't want to bet, you don't bet. That's fine. Um no over-under, no no spread, nothing of the sort, because that, that would compromise integrity of the game. You know, you, you can see a kicker shanking a field goal because, because they were just under the 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 uh, the, the over-under, and that's what they had bet, the under. So he shanks a field goal with, you know, whatever time left, and, oh, like, oh I'm sorry, you know, I it's a field goal, I happened to miss. No, 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 we're not, we're not doing that. So I'm with Cade, let it happen, states, you know, Collect your tax revenue. You know, you're always talking about wanting to tax people for everything. Here's an easy way to tax everyone. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You're not really taxing everyone because not everyone will bet. But it's a good way to collect more money. You know, and that $9 million, we mentioned Mississippi. And $9 million in Mississippi is going to go a long way. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, so, it absolutely is. So, I, know, I got a question on that, though. Do you, could you not let them vote, vote on, the, on the over? Because then wouldn't that push the teams to want to score more. I could see where they would definitely not allow that because like, that's going to be too close to the line. But, oh, no, no, but no. I mean, so again, 
you'd have to bet on your own team for one to win. Yeah. And and the over under thing and the spread thing is if you're if you're not forcing your own team to to bet on the over, and let's say you're you're on a bad team. Yeah, I don't I don't know, you know, whatever. The Browns, Jets. What the Jets, you know, <laughs> and, and you're like, well, I'm gonna bet on the over, and not because we're gonna we're gonna do it, they're gonna do it. So you bet on the over, and all of a sudden your 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 defense at the end just happens to miss a tackle and a guy scores a touchdown and well the over hit. It's gotta be straight line. Yeah, okay, yeah. And, I, I didn't even think about that. Win. Yep, so, I didn't okay. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Interesting stuff. The the only thing with this uh, uh, to your points, Alonzo, is um I just think of major league baseball and how often they love to eat crow right because i mean yeah. think about the 1919 black Sox scandal and introducing um uh 100 years down the line barstool sports uh a very viable revenue stream of selling shirts of commissioners with clown noses on them like holy crap they, there's no way they're going to apologize for any of that i mean even pete rose I mean, thinking about that, I got a baseball on my shelf signed by Pete Rose that says, I'm sorry, I bet on baseball. Like, I, I just don't see, like, if this would go through each of the leagues, especially Major League Baseball, first and foremost, would just not adopt any of this stuff for 20 years. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Major League Baseball, we we know they don't like to eat crow. They're, now, all, all the sports leagues, commissioners hate eating crows, but I think they are the worst at admitting to mistakes. I'll, I'll look back to the steroid scandal. What, what, what was the thing on ESPN at that time? Chicks dig the long ball, <laughs> right? That was the thing. So yeah. you're hitting home runs. We don't care how you're doing it. Let's get fans back in the seats because we lost a lot of fans with the 94 strike, you know? And mm-hmm. now re- revisionists, oh, oh, the, well, that wasn't our fault. Yeah, we we weren't telling them to take steroids. So uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. They're not going to come back and admit any wrongdoing, you know. And honestly, if, if they if they were smart about it, and and they have smart people surrounding them, they could say yes, it's legal now. Blah blah. blah. Back in those days, it was not. Thus, this still has to stand. That's their way around it, you know. But they're not smart enough to do that. They just want to sit there and say, no, we're we're never wrong. We're never wrong. We're never wrong. When in reality, all three of us here know that they're wrong quite often. So, but yeah, yeah. your your point your point's well taken. They're they're not, you know, they, man. They they haven't reversed Pete Rose, and he was betting on his team to win. He wasn't betting right. on on spreads or over unders. He was betting on his team to win. They right. haven't reversed that. And it's like, are you kidding me? I could see if he was betting on them to lose, you know. And then 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 you know you're pulling your starter three innings in after, and he's throwing a perfect game. You know, I could see if you, if you do that, but you're betting on your team to win. I, I don't see how that affects the integrity of the game because you're working your ass off to do what you need to do anyways, which is win a ball game. So yeah, I, you're, you're right. They're not going to sit there and apologize. It's just not in their DNA. No, they're not going to do that. And the fact that it took until what 2021 for major league baseball to integrate all of the uh, solely African-American league statistics into major league baseball, historical records. I mean, come on. I mean, that's a sham in and of itself. I mean, give Josh Gibson his due. Damn it. He was better than Babe Ruth and he didn't get chased on trains by naked women with large knives. 
but that's a totally different story uh, <laughs> entirely. So uh, a little bit of a, a rebuttal. Uh, one of the things that we've seen in some of the states that have legalized sports betting, you know, through DraftKings, et cetera, um, is what we're seeing in the actual stadiums is a lot more violence. And a lot of it is stemming from these bets that aren't going right for, you know, the Joe Schmo middle class individual who, let's say, got tickets to a Milwaukee Bucks game, bet on it, and it didn't turn out good. Um, so I guess my rebuttal here would be, you know, okay, if we're going to have uh, legalized sports gambling, which in and of itself, I, I completely agree with, we should have it. But I think we need to have more checks and balances in place to make sure that a, obviously the integrity of the game is going off copacetically, but B, how are we going to protect other fans who may not be betting on this, who may kind of get caught up in some of this gambling violence side effect that we're starting to see? If I might jump in on that, Kate, you, you're right with that. Good. All right. Um, I, I don't think that this is a new thing because, as I've mentioned, people have been betting on games regardless of whether it's legal or not. Oh, and absolutely. So, you know, so you still had fans at, at, at games who placed a, a, a bet on the black market. Reminds me of that Adam Sandler movie that came out last year, two years ago, where he's selling jewelry and he's trying to uncut to, gems. That one, right. You know, he's doing everything was under the table, right? And, and then, he, well, I won't spoil the ending for everybody, but we know what happens. Um, it's been happening forever. People have been betting forever. There was a, a soccer player in the 1994 World Cup from uh, Colombia who got killed because he, he made an own goal, cost him the, the game against the United States. He gets back to Colombia and gets yeah. killed. I right. mean, what what could anyone have done about that? This some you know I I don't know. That's a that's a valid question, Mike. Um, you know, and it's I don't know. Maybe I'll attribute it to society, but society's been this way for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that I was thinking of um, was the uh, I forget which Gumbel twin it was because they're both so lovely. Um, but one of the Gumbel twins. Um, <laughs> What? I mean, anytime a gumble speaks, an angel gets its wings. I, I'm not apologizing <laughs> for that statement. It, all of their shows and segments are wonderful. Um, but they did a segment. Oh, when the hell was it? It was years ago in which they were looking into betting in youth football uh, leagues and such in Florida. Have you seen any? Oh, of that? no. What? Mm -hmm. It was all like backdoor stuff that was going on. Um, but yeah, down, I believe it was in Miami. I should have looked all this up beforehand, but it just came up to me now. Um, but you have these kids, six, seven, eight year olds who have been exposed wow. to this, you know, situation where, oh man, you know, uh, my neighbors are, you know, they threw down a thousand bucks on me. Right. And one of the uh, oh. more devious parts to all this was, you know, if somebody bet, on you know some kid scoring a touchdown right and one what would happen is the guy would run down to the sidelines and be like hey kid here you go and give him a hundred bucks right and we're not talking about you know the most affluent uh kids either you know wow. these are kids that are coming from you know inner city projects and such that's a shit ton of money right yeah. especially to a seven-year-old it's like oh my god i can buy like a game sphere or whatever you know yeah. Wow. I did not hear about that. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, my, my, wow. So you, when we talk about it, the more, you know, ideas coming, I'm like, if we're going to legalize it, you know, let's legalize maybe, maybe as, as low as the college level, but I'm, I'm thinking pro level, um, yeah. again, college kids can be a lot more influenced by, by, by money. You know, somebody bets on Tennessee to beat whoever, and then, you know, the, the other team is playing well, and then somebody, somebody shoots down a message somehow saying, hey, if you drop this next ball and give Tennessee the ball back, I got a $1,000 fee waiting for you. You know what I mean? Right. They're, they're more going to be influenced by that than a, than a, and a professional player who's making millions of dollars, $1,000. Shit, man, I, 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 I'm going to spend it on dinner tonight. You know, I'm, I'm not even worried about it. You know, and so – so maybe, maybe, yeah, if we're going to legalize it, we've really got to set some parameters. But I did not know about this youth sports betting mm-hmm. thing going on in Florida. I, I'm going to have to look that up. You know, that is, wow. I mean, what, what, you know, so many things now come to mind. Because I'm thinking to myself, you know, hey, hey, we were at we were at eating at a BJ's yesterday, you know, drinking cream soda, watching, watching the show shows and andy noticed that there's little league world series regionals going on he's like oh don't get me started on that oh my god oh no what let me tell you andy's like are those kids and i'm like yeah he goes how old are they i go i'm not sure i think 10 to 13 11 to 14 i said there he goes oh so i'm almost at that age and he goes (laughs) ah he's like maybe i want to go play he goes and maybe someone will pay me and i said hold on i said so here's the deal (laughs) he already knows yes i said so here's the deal i said if you get paid you won't be able to play in college. I said, uh, this is why, and he goes, really? I'm like, this is, this is, there's amateurism. Mm. And I, on, and Andy's sitting there. To me, it's an and NIL get, deal. It's an NIL deal. Exactly. Yeah. He's getting sponsored now. That's right. You know? That's right. That's happening I, in I, high I, school. So I, I give him, I give him a quick overview. I mean, I, I didn't get into my NCAA compliance freaking degree. I just <laughs> give him a little overview of what that meant. And he's like, Oh, so when you're talking about those kids in Miami who are getting, you know, a, a little, a little piece of the pie after winning or dropping a ball or whatever, um, Man, they're, they're, they can, that could cost those kids a future if they have a future in a sport. Now, they, they're so young, they don't know what they're getting into. So that could be an easy argument to say they had no clue what was going on. But, you know, on, on, on its face, on its face, it could cost them that. And that bothers me to hear that people are betting on youth freaking mm-hmm. sports, man. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, well, and this this was a long time ago too. It must have been early two thousands, late nineties uh, that this special came out. Yeah, still, still crazy. I mean, still, oh, wow, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, bringing up the nil stuff too, um, it, a lot of the gambling incidents that we have seen in sports uh, throughout the nineteen hundreds, uh, it did deal with college sport in particular. I mean, you think right. about college basketball and the point shaving scandals that happened at you know almost every major university right mafiosos getting involved in such but uh Cade because we haven't heard from you in a second I'll put this one on you uh do you think all of the NIL legislation might unintentionally have consequence for sports gambling in college positively or negatively um, that's a good one. I could see where it, I, I, I think when it comes to sports and when money gets involved, I think it always starts out as a good idea. And then 
eventually, if not right away, it's it's going to take a negative turn. It, it will eventually. At some point, somewhere, it's going to take a left turn, and it's not going to work out in the best way. And then the whole ordeal is going to get stripped or, or taken down, or, or and then we'll be right back to square one uh, in some form or fashion. Um, I mean, that's kind of like everything. Like right now, like the whole thing is like, I, I think like uh, SMU, like all of their players mm-hmm. are going to get paid like 35000 a year. I thought it was 3500 is it 30, uh, maybe it is 3500 I, I don't i don't know 35000 would be a lot for what 110 it, people on a roster it would be <laughs> shoot yeah but it, 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 some 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 boosters oh, they, yeah they do out. though it is dallas so maybe you're say, right if, if we know, i mean if we know anything about smu they ain't going to turn down money <laughs> mm. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're so, the most ready for the nil stuff huh yeah they were they were jumping for joy um yeah. so you know, Eric Dickerson and Craig James are wishing they were playing right now Oh, yeah. No, I, no, they made so much more money back in the 80s. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Kate. Go ahead, Kate. My bad. Dude. No, 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 you're good. That's that's grand. But eventually, but yeah, it, it's gonna turn into a bad deal with, with this money kind of getting in. I, I think like right now, like I was talking with uh, one of my coworkers at the office talking about the whole um the new NCAA game coming out next year. Mm-hmm. And I think they've already reported that like you know, every player, like, so it's a tier system. So the, the schools can buy their way onto the, onto the game. Right. And they have like four levels. Uh, tier one is paying like a hundred thousand dollars a year. Tier two is like paying like 75, 55, 25. Obviously the power yeah. five programs are going to, are going to pay whatever it takes. But then on top of that, like every player is still going to get like $5,600. Wow. That ain't bad. That's not bad at all. No, that's a that's a lot of money. That is a ton mm-hmm. of money. I mean, I mean, how many how many institutions are there potentially? Like 120? Is there 120? About, about between 120 or and D1 instead of like Division One. Yeah. Division One A. One A. All right. So so what's the number we want to go with there? Uh let's let's go with 120 times 110 players times fifty six hundred dollars per player. Seventy just shy of seventy four million. And they're going to make it all back. The the, the EA Sports oh, or whoever's, whoever's putting them out a hundred times oh, over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely! It, this is a drop in the bucket. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely! The sponsors that are coming towards EA for this, the schools yep. that have to pay. I mean, j- just off that alone. I mean, each school we're going to do one hundred and twenty schools times if they buy into the 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 tier one. I mean, that's a hundred thousand dollars. There's 12 million right there in their pocket. The sponsors that come in right. for that right off. So they're they're gonna make plenty of money. But but yeah, mm-hmm. eventually all this money coming in to you, these youth sports and then now into college, and then obviously this money is getting out of hand in, in professional, i.e. MLB. Need to figure it out, bro. <laughs> um, yeah. eventually ruin money's gonna ruin sports and they they need to adjust course pretty quickly and get guidelines. Mm-hmm. Alonzo, last thoughts, mass legalization and adoption of sports betting in the United States. I want to piggyback off Cade, uh, the NIL thing, if you, mm-hmm. if you, if you don't mind. Um, my biggest problem with NIL is now it's being used as a recruiting tool rather than a tool that someone's on campus already. And, and then you have the locals coming out or whoever coming out and saying, I'm going to, no, uh, you, you got these collectives coming out with these, um, these boosters who own all these businesses. They're putting, they're mm-hmm. pulling their money together. And they're using it 
to pay it, to me this has become paid to come to the school rather than you're at the school paid to advertise for us and so um it, it it's it already turned itself on its head the ncaa did not give enough guidance did not did not put the the parameters straight what and now now what's going to happen is they're going to try to set down some parameters and now all these boosters who have I, combined, if you look at the boosters nationwide combined, they've got as much money that, as the NCAA does, okay? And so they're going to put their money together, hire some high-powered attorneys, and say, well, let's go to court and argue about, you know, you not giving us the right parameter, and then you changing the rules midway through. And um, they may meet somewhere in the middle, but I really hate the fact that currently they, athletes are getting paid to go to a certain school. Above and beyond the scholarships and stuff. I, that's that's what it's turned into right now. And it, that bothers the crap out of me. The haves are going to have more. The have-nots going to have a lot less. Whereas the have-nots, you know, the, the athletes just show up to their school. You don't know. There could be a booster who says, wow, this this kid is really good. You know, I'm, yeah, NIL for him, you know, 60 grand this year. No, instead, Miami's offering 60 grand before he gets there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so So these guaranteed offers to me is bothering me. All right, here I want to debate. I want to not really debate, but I want to kind of hear your question really quickly, Alonzo. So, what if we change it to the? This is a hypothetical situation, just to, just to kind of get a, a good thought in. What if they make it to where you can't promise incoming freshman an NIL deal? You have to be a, a sophomore or above. And then, second caveat to that: if you take an NIL deal, you can't transfer. Okay, so you have your to first stay part- at that school. So your first part, you you, you can't get an because I'm sorry, you 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 kind of cut out kind of like the uh, the freshman eligibility stuff that they used to have, where freshmen yeah. weren't allowed to play. Like freshmen wouldn't be able to get nil deals right off the bat. So, uh, so that so that way you can't you can't you can't attract these like Alabama and Texas and Ohio State buying all the players up. You can't do that I, now. You now you have to go back to subtle tactics of recruiting. Sure, if you want to promise them, hey, you you'll get a good NIL deal your sophomore year, but you gotta you gotta come to us first. Well, and you know what? I'm I'm hundred percent for that because if you if if that's an, if that promise in writing and then that player ends up sucking, that school stuck with them. You know what I mean? And so you're stuck with them, you're stuck with the NIL deal, and he can't transfer. You're you're fucked. You just fucked yourself. Good for you, you know. And this and, Secondly, yeah, you'll have you, again. Recruiters will become recruiters again. They won't be going out there saying, "I I have an NIL deal lined up for you to the first day of class." Um, what do you? What, what can you offer me my freshman year? Will be the the, the question. Playing time or the opportunity to play. Um, at sophomore year, we have NIL people lined up. You, you kill it your freshman year. You know you'll 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 be good to go. But I think that's that's the thing. You know, I I agree with you on that. Don't let them have it till the sophomore year. And if you sign an NIL, you're you're stuck. I mean, I, it's not let's not make the transfer portal into something where you can you can um, go in. Okay, well, I had a great sophomore season. I'm going to do the transfer portal because now I'm a free agent. NILs, who wants to give me a lot more money than what I'm getting now? No, no, no. You you stick with what you got. That's that's I I'm for that, Cape. I have no problem with that. I what bothers me, like I said, right now is that they're actually recruiting high schoolers and essentially paying them you know we have this already ready for you come to our school that's that's what's killing me so yeah and i, and I know that like I'm, I'm a big Ole Miss fan i know that Ole Miss has what's called the nil club 
and you can obviously like donate money, but this isn't going towards like the university donation. Like this goes strictly to a, a pool of money yeah. and then it just gets dispersed amongst all the players evenly. So that way your quarterback isn't making like Bryce Young making seven digits and hmm. the nobodies are sitting there making nothing. You know, I I think that's, I think that's a fair idea. Um, I don't know who came up with it, but I think it's a unique idea, but, uh, but yeah, I I think that you shouldn't be able to get an NIL deal until you're at least a sophomore. And I say, if you take an NIL deal, you're stuck there. You you don't get to transfer and then go to another, to another team, spill their ideas and then make quadruple the money because now you're, you're going from, from Arkansas to Alabama or New Mexico to, to Alabama or whatever. They, uh, no, they can't, they can't nobody from New Mexico would ever go to Alabama. All right, well, I'm just, I'm just picking lower end of the spectrum here. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're thinking the lowest then that's for sure. But, but you get yeah, what I'm no, saying. Like you, you can't go, you can't buy up the transfer portal and, and yeah. get all these players in. That's all. I'm no, saying. And I, I like, I like your, what, what Ole Miss is doing. I didn't know they were doing that. And so if you're not one of those like, like highly rated players getting these huge deals and you see something like that, you're like, you know, what? I'm going to get an opportunity to make something, you know, I'm not going to show up and have to, you know, really do it. No, I, I can make something there and still play the game. I love. I, I don't think that's a bad deal. I honestly, you know, I mean, everyone's getting a, a piece of the pie. I still like, I still like uh, Mike's and, and, and our groups, you know, NCAA concept <laughs> of compensation thing, but so do a couple of Congress back. members, but I'm not allowed yeah, to I talk know. about you, that. Yeah, um, but while while that's good, working its way through places, um, this yeah, I think something like that, Cade, is perfect. You know, here's the pool, the amount of people we have, the pool gets spread out. You know, that's that. So no, that's that's a brilliant idea. End of the day, too, there was a study that came out in the late 2000s that suggested that NCAA athletes across the board, Division One, all the way down to Division Three, are leaving school with an undergraduate degree on average with over $22,000 of debt. So things to think about. That, to think that's about. all? That, that's, that's all the debt they had? Yeah, that was it. You need to be an athlete, man. That, that, that was where it was at. So yeah, I, mean, I do, did, too. I can uh, I can talk about how much debt I had when I got out, but then again, I had a law degree, so yeah. um, that works uh, out. It was an, it was a, another mortgage, so to speak. Oof. So yeah, round one is done, and after all this money talk, goddamn, I think we all need a uh, bit of a new beverage refill. But yes. coming up, we'll discuss yes. this week's Das Boot topic of the week: the late great Bill Russell's legacy. You're listening to Plastic Negotiations, where Feel none of the like debates are legally binding. The seams, but thank you, Jack Daniels. Oh, oh number seven. seven. Tennessee whiskey got me drinking in heaven, and our angels start to look good to me. They're going to have to deport me to the fiery deep. Oh, thank you, Jack Daniels. Oh, oh number seven. seven. Tennessee whiskey got me drinking All right, in welcome heaven, back, and let's get into our DOS boot topic of the week after... Beverage refills, gentlemen. What are we sipping on now? I'm still doing the Southern Tier Pumpkin Whiskey. Uh, Cade, what you got in there now? Uh, I went from Bud Light to just Michelob. Mickey. Alonzo. So I went from the Solchelada to Maris 
the trashy otter American Imperial Brown brewed and packaged at Tombstone Brewing Company in Phoenix, Arizona. I already took a sip. It is delicious. Um, I was I was warned that it's pretty heavy in alcohol content, so I'm 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 ready to 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 take that next step to cross that line a little bit. There we go. There we go. Tombstone is a lovely little brewery. If you're ever out in the Phoenix area, head there. But first, head to Lil Miss Barbecue. I have no problem plugging those guys in because it is an absolutely wonderful establishment. And raising canes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, if you need to purge your stomach before going, please go to Raising Cane's. Oh, my God. Yeah, I want to say there's a Raising Cane's on Ole Miss's campus. I'm almost 99% sure there is one. I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, my God. It's just like you put a bath towel on a chicken tender, and that's what it is. Raising Cane's just reminds me of Zaxby's, honestly. Oh, I was going to ask, Mike, are you a Canes, Zaxby's, or Fusakli's? Of all of those, it's Zaxby's for me. Gotcha. I haven't had Zaxby's in like three years, at least since UNA. Yeah, me too. They don't have them <laughs> this far north. so We don't have them out here. No, no, but Raisin Canes is just everywhere. But I, I don't know. To me, it's just not as good. I miss Jack's. Raising mm. Canes is uh they're they're gonna they're apparently gonna build some now in Albuquerque. We don't have it here, so they're gonna build two or three here coming in the next year or so. All right, I'll never go back to Albuquerque again. That's fun. Good to know. Good to why know. Why would you? Why would we want to? Oh, to hang out with to hang out to hang out with me, bro. We, we go and have <laughs> drinks. You know, we talk so much shit about Albuquerque, but God, I love that place. I really do. It's yeah. We 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 can have a lot of fun. It is a shitty place, but it's a shitty place where like. You make the best of it, and you you have you have a blast. There's a reason it's called the land of entrapment. So, yeah. um, well, actually, two reasons. One of them's legal. The other one is funny, but not so much funny. It's toy toy too. All right, let's move on to the DOS boot topic of the week. And for it, we turn our sights to the NBA. The association announced that they would honor the late great Bill Russell by permanently retiring his number six jersey association wide. Players who are currently wearing number six would be grandfathered in and allowed to wear the number until they are retired, similar to when Major League Baseball retired Jackie Robinson's number 42 in the late 90s. Bill Russell's playing career started in 1956 and ended in 1968 with the Boston Celtics as Russell played in 963 regular season games, averaging over 42 minutes a game, over 15 points a game, over 22 rebounds per game. What the fuck? That's insane. Slightly over four assists per game for the five-time NBA's most valuable player, along with 11 ships okay so alonzo what are your thoughts on the impact bill russell had on not only the nba but even more generally in society too man um so i i you know i'm i'm that grew up all right i was born in the late 70s grew up in the 80s so my dad could talk about bill russell he knew you know he watched him and stuff this guy had the you know, huge the only impact he didn't have was television rights because that's when magic and bird came in and then jordan came in later you know and it became huge but when he came to basketball the consummate winner um again 11 out of 12 uh, seasons they, they won a championship or something to that effect was ridiculous and at one point considered the best player ever in nba history 
what else do you need to say? You know, um, I think he, 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 again, he played for the Celtics. The Celtics isn't, you know, they're in Boston and they had a rep. They, they, they still have a reputation for being a racist city. It is. He, it definitely he, is he, still. He, yeah. It, but he made, he, he made it happen there. You know what I mean? He was beloved by, by Boston people. Granted, what they loved him if he was just a janitor, probably not. But he wasn't just a janitor. He was able to, to take that that team, move, move up into the next level. Um, now, he was surrounded by greats. It's not to say he did it all. But, damn it, he – I mean, the, you want to talk about the anchor of a team. If you think of the great Celtics team, the first guy who comes to mind is not Bob Cousy. You know, Bill, Bill freaking Russell. You know, um, that's – I mean, I, I look at him and I think of guys like Will Chamberlain. He, Will scored more, blah, 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 but he didn't win. You know, he, he, he wasn't the winner Bill Russell was. Will may have been the more athletic freak, but he wasn't, He you know, he didn't anchor this team and, and they, to, to win games. So you got to have a good team around you. But again, Bill Russell knew his role. I think Russell could have scored more if he wanted to, but he, he knew his role was to rebound, score score a few points, get a ton of rebounds and play some serious defense on on, on the other team's best, uh, best center. And that's it. That was his role. He, he played that role to a T amazing amazing player again he reminds me magic johnson is him if he was a guard if if because magic johnson could have have scored more if he wanted to he knew his role was was to to get assists that that was his role which was to distribute the ball that that bill russell's role was to get rebounds and play defense he played it well but rest in peace man i mean this guy all-time nba grade um, probably a uh, top five player ever Probably, probably, yeah. I just thinking off the top of my head, probably a top five player ever. When you come, when you think about a team game and the impact he had on the team, that yeah, probably top five ever. Huge, huge impact, huge impact. Cade, Bill Russell's impact on the association, society, etc. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think we're all going to be on the same page here, um, as far as you know, Bill Russell goes. He's obviously one of the all-time greats, uh, 11 championships, way more than Jordan won, mm-hmm. way more than LeBron's ever even going to see in his lifetime. I mean, he's mm-hmm. won more than LeBron's even been to. Um, so don't even get me started on that piece of shit. Anyways. <laughs> oh, I'm going to, but no, don't, continue. <laughs> please, please don't. My stress is already high enough for the day. But 11 <laughs> NBA championships, five times most valuable player. Here's what I'll say. When when – when we think of the goat versus goat conversation between Jordan and LeBron, you're thinking of probably um, you're probably thinking of, you know, points or status or whatever, but let's be honest. It's probably just Bill Russell is the goat 11 championships. And not only did he win those, he won those in a time of, he probably got shit on by every team every fan that he ever went to see because i mean he mm-hmm. played during you know the civil rights and let's just be honest they did not treat african-american players obviously mm-hmm. as we know very well um and to do that and to not let people get in his head he played his role like you said or like alonzo said he played his role to a t he did what he needed to do and that's why he won and when they named the most valuable trophy after you look er- as a team everybody wants to win the NBA ship. Every team wants to, but in the back mm-hmm. of every single one of those, mind, in the back of LeBron's mind, in the back of Curry's mind, in the back of Clay Thompson's mind, you know when they get to the finals, it is I want to win, 
but I also want to win the MVP. They want to be handed the Bill Russell Award. Mm-hmm. It's named after him for a reason. When you get a trophy named after you that everybody is gunning for, that tells me that you're probably the GOAT. So uh, yeah. that's going to be my take on it is I, I think that he's probably the GOAT. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, if the conversation ever comes up and it's LeBron versus Jordan, of course I'm going to say Jordan, but let's just be real. It, it's Bill Russell. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> I mean, literally, his name is the MVP finals trophy, right? So one of the things that I kind of found a little bit, damn Maybe I'm reading into this too much, but a little bit disturbing was um, Boston City Hall uh, revealed this memorial for Bill Russell um, shortly after his death. But I'm wondering why it took the city this long to do something for him. You know that maybe I'm reading into it too much, um, but. Another thing that I wanted to bring up was all of those folks who um, are currently wearing the number six are grandfathered in. Fortunate if you're a fan of him, unfortunate for uh, all of us with a brain, LeBron James can still wear the number six next year. All right. And one other thing that I found extremely disturbing and counterintuitive um, organizational culture wise was the Miami Heat. All right. So wag of the finger to Boston as a city for not really honoring this guy until, you know, after he was just starting to get cold. Sorry, not sorry, but you guys could have built a statue in between any time in between 1968 and 2022. Yeah. So but moving on from that, the Miami Heat um, are refusing to allow the number six to be retired as Bill Russell's number, but are waiting for LeBron's retirement for them to retire number six as his number. Okay. So like I said, I'm sorry, kid, but I had to bring it back up. Sorry to add more stress to your life, but uh, maybe you've seen the story. Maybe not. Um, But what are your thoughts on that? Cade, let's start. Absolute fucking bullshit. (laughs) Absolute fucking bullshit. He's such a pussy. I swear to God, he is. He is not that great. He would have been bodied by the 76 Pistons. He would have been bodied so hard. He would have cried back to his mother. Mm. I don't care how good he is. I really don't. You can't tell me you don't want to be Michael Jordan when you wear his number. You can't tell me you don't want to be Bill Russell when you wear his number. Oh, but it's my number. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're copying the image. Pay pay Bill Russell and Michael Jordan their NIL deal, bitch. You're still in their number. <laughs> and, and and that sucks because I like Miami. I, I like their tradition. I, I like their colors. I, I, I'm not a big NBA fan as it is, but if I were going to pick a team, I guess I would say them. Sorry, Pacers. Um, but for them to sit there and say that, that's just ridiculous. Don't that That's ruining your image right there. You're going to get some criticism for that. That's just – why did you do this to me, Stotes? I don't know. And the, the only logical explanation I can come up for this is um nah, never mind. We'll get to that in a second. Alonzo, <laughs> go go with yours because maybe it's not even logical what I'm thinking, but go for it, Alonzo. What are your thoughts on Miami? I, first, 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 I didn't I didn't see that. So I'm kind of shocked that they're doing that. The reason I'm shocked primarily is because when, when LeBron left Miami, Pat Riley was pissed. Right. So he was it, mad. 
he was mad as hell. And I think Alonzo Mourning is also on, on the, and, you know, in the administration there. And he, he was mad. And that's not what we do is, is heat. It's not our culture. And now you're going to hold off on retiring Bill Russell's number for someone you got mad about leaving. I, I don't, I don't understand how, how you can marry those two together. You know, uh, I, I, there's gotta be something else. And, Maybe LeBron has a deal where he with Miami where he's going to go and retire as a Heat, uh, you know, on, on his you know the one day contract thing people do. Be stupid for him to do that. He spent more years with the Cavs, you know. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be it'd be dumb for him to do that. Um, maybe maybe they've already worked things out behind the scenes. He's going to get a front office kick there, so they're waiting for him to come. I I have no clue what's going on, but I do what I remember clearly. What what we do know happened is Riley was mad. Riley came out and talked mm-hmm. shit about, about LeBron, about leaving, you know, mm-hmm. oh, people shouldn't do this. And I'm, I remember being, I was like, that's hypocritical of you, Riley, because you're poaching players. So, you you know, people are leaving because, because people poach them. It is what it is. So, yeah. uh, but, but neither here nor there, now they're holding on to the number until he retires. I, I, I do not get, I don't get the reasoning behind that. I don't get the reasoning behind that. I, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, it's really. So, so like, what's their play? Are they going to have somebody fill that jersey for the next two or three years until he does this one-off? I have yeah. no clue. I don't know. That's the thing. It's kind of stupid what they're doing. You know what I mean? And just retire the fucking jersey. I mean, you know, retire the jersey. It's. I. I you're right, Kate. What is the play? What are they? Hey, we want someone to wear number six for the next three years. Who? And and why right. does it fucking matter? Right. Plot, plot twist. They do that and then they trade that player by mistake. <laughs> and, and then like and then once that happens, like if it's not a continuous player, I think you have to go go by the rules and, and retire it. Uh, yeah, well if, if yeah. NBA, you have to, they're gonna have to, right? Or am I or you'd I, have I, to trade for another number six? Jeez, I don't know what the fuck, yeah. man. It, it's really weird. The only thing that I could think of, and I'm so glad, Alonzo, that you did bring him up is it's got to be Pat Riley, right? Because yeah, Pat yeah. Riley got his start, you know, well, you know, with coaching and playing, etc., with the Lakers. Yep. Right. And who's yeah. the Lakers' arch nemesis? The Celtics. I mean, yep. it, is this like some sort of like third grade? I don't like your dad snub on the playground. And yep. that's the only thing that makes sense to me with this. So, but getting back, yeah, oh, go for it. Did Pat Riley play for the Lakers as, as well? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, so yeah, so there's definitely there, man. There, there's something shady going on there, and you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, this this dude seems to be holding on to something that he should have let go a long fucking time ago. Yeah, yeah, but let's. But getting more back on topic, Bill Russell's impact. If you think about it, he was just that he he was the silent goat, right? I mean, even when MJ was playing and when MJ came back and such and these, oh, is MJ the greatest of all time? The comparison was always to Magic Johnson or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You didn't really bring up Bill Russell, although we should have. Yeah. Yeah. So. To end it on a good note, uh, to the family of Bill Russell, you know, we all send our deepest condolences and we thank you for sharing this great individual on the national stage. And he did it with so much grace that we may never see a player like that 
again. So with that, one more break to go, but two more topics to cover. The gang submits their picks and reasoning for the Alex Moran Player of the Week. And we discuss how a chiropractor in Gulfport, Mississippi is interpreting the grind life. You're listening to Plaster Negotiations, where none of the negotiations are legally bound. Welcome back to Plaster Negotiations. We have two topics left to cover to decide this week's big loser, even though, well, actually it's been determined, but we'll get there already. Let's just do it for the hell of it. Our selections for the Alex Moran Player of the Week and a Mississippi chiropractor sidekick. But first, let's start with the Eat Sleep Grind Club in Mississippi. Yeah, entrepreneurs, I'm looking at you. You can have a life outside of work. Go see a therapist. Last Thursday, chiropractor Joey Rogers, which I got to say in the police report, they put quotations around Joey. I think his first name is Joseph. And it's like, come on, that's like normal. So anyways, that, that's a different topic for later. Was arrested and charged with possession of methamphetamine, tampering with evidence, and sale of a controlled substance after being accused of selling fentanyl. The Harrison County Sheriff's Office in Mississippi said that Rogers fled after being served a search warrant and discarded fentanyl by way of flushing it down the toilet. And he's seen some some drug slinking movies, I assume. Rogers' chiropractic Facebook page advertises Rogers as the only chiropractor to work on Saturdays and after hours daily. Although the medium by which, um, with all this coming to light, <laughs> may not actually be in the chiropractor's office. Cade, who plays Rogers in Mississippi's rendition of Breaking Bad? And what other sub-stories do you see popping up in this man's quest to eat, sleep, grind, live the entrepreneur life? I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted at this story. <laughs> <laughs> just what the fuck <laughs> i've got family in mississippi so i'm just gonna gladly say this three letter three words welcome to mississippi <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. my god this is wow um i have no i have no words um and i and i don't know who to pin him as in in Breaking Bad, I I don't know. I haven't watched Breaking Bad in so long that I I I have no answer there. But I don't even want to know what this dude does in in, in his spare time outside of work, out, outside of this. You know, if he's he if sells he's spending, fentanyl apparently. But if he's spending ten hours a day there, what's he doing with the other hours? Like, good lord, what's coming out of his house? <laughs> what I want to know. <laughs> Eat, sleep, grind those pills down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is uh yeah this is uh incredible um is he prescribing the fentanyl at the same time is he double dosing uh well i <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong alonzo but isn't fentanyl like a controlled one substance and i don't believe the state of mississippi's you know made it legal to make it a prescribable drug uh, it's 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 actually prescribable 
Um, oh, it is. Okay. Take that back very, very, very low dosage that, that, that I'm aware of. Um, when yeah. I was in the hospital and you know, Mike, I've been in the hospital yeah. more often than, than, than I have, you know, fingers. Um, Damn one, you, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. But at one point I was in there with, with a brain issue and they, they gave me fentanyl because morphine didn't work. Um, so I might be wrong. I, you know, they might not be able to prescribe it because um, they didn't prescribe when I left and I still, my head was still hurting like hell. Hmm. So I, I may be wrong. It may be a, something that's not prescribable, but at, to Kate's point, I mean, shit, if you're dealing it, who, he's like, you know what? I got, I got to look around. I got a prescription for you here, bro. You know, and you know, <laughs> oh, what do I need? where do I feel it? Just, just come back to the office. I, I, I feel that one out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> see tony on your way out exactly exactly um i i'm not i'm not sure that it's you know you know the easiest thing to do is just look it up but i i don't think you can prescribe fentanyl can someone prescribe so while while you're doing that you can be a chiropractor prescribe i bet you have to be like a a true medical doctor yeah like the police report didn't say that he was an md or anything i think it was he just had a chiropractic degree so interesting i always i never told you guys i want to be a chiropractor if i didn't make it in sports oh yeah now you know so that's the reason (laughs) you you and you were interning with joey rogers exactly (laughs) (laughs) down in gulfport moonlighting oh yeah so yeah actually it is prescribable okay um be given as a shot a patch or as or as lozenges that are sucked like cough drops. Now, my my so problem, there's the meth. There well, it is. My, my, my problem with that now is, you know, I'm Joe Blow, you know, MD, and I'm going to prescribe Jane Doe these lozenges, and I tell Jane Doe only take one every, you know, five hours, and Jane Doe goes home and takes it and loves it and starts popping them every hour, and I just killed her. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not no offense, but the general public is it's going to be like oh this feels great you know if i take another one I, you know I, the pain will completely go yeah it'll completely go away you'll be six feet under but the pain will be gone yeah yeah we're trying to solve one problem at a time here come on exactly exactly yeah, yeah. this guy's just loving being an entrepreneur so i got uh somebody you know for all of the breaking bad fans out there um you know hey anytime get somebody else from albuquerque you know on the show i want to bring up albuquerque things unfortunately there's like two shows that that's all about that anybody cares about other than you know rampant crime and uh car thefts yeah. but from the the show breaking bad i think that joey rogers would be the chemist that came in to run gustavo fring's meth lab before walter white the guy in the series uh gail uh Botticher. i forget how to say his last name but like that just super nerdy guy that was like, yes, Mr. Fring, I don't mind making meth for you. Let's do some science. You know, I, I think that's Joey Rogers. I, th- I think that is. He just didn't have a good handle. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And so if you don't mind, I jump in, you know, I, 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 like I said, I'm one of, I'm one of the, one of the eight people in the world who has never seen Breaking Bad. So I couldn't even speak to Breaking Bad, but, but this dude reminds me of the main character in another show that was very popular in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Dexter. <laughs> Dexter. 
I mean, you know, police, you know, investigator, medical investigator by day, killer by night. Now, the, the only redeeming grace Dexter would have is that Dexter was trying to kill bad guys. This dude was trying to prescribe illegal drugs. But this to me is like, boy, that's the second gig Dexter had. And Dexter, Dexter didn't get paid for a second gig, by the way. Um, but the, uh, reading this and looking, I'm like, huh, that's Dexter. He just picked up another gig, you know, doing something illegal, you know. And, 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 and yeah, and go figure. Dexter's in Florida. Florida's called part of the South. You know, it's okay. Going back to the South thing, the whole, you know, welcome to Mississippi. What, welcome to the fucking South. It seems like, you know, it was like, and Florida always has those weird stories, right? Weird story. This guy, this guy, you pick him up and put him in Miami, you know, Miami Dade County. And the story stays the same because there's weirdos. And he always had that weird, those weird Florida stories, you know, Oh man in Florida came and did X, Y, Z. You're like, why is it always man in Florida? Something's going on down there. You know, I, I don't know. This guy could have easily fit in Florida. It seems like no offense to the Floridians. No offense. Um, I almost died in Tampa a few years ago though. So I, I have a, <laughs> um, that, that was not Tampa's fault though. That was not Tampa's <laughs> fault, but it happened there. So people would have said, man died in Florida, you know, and yeah. then it would have still been people like, oh, is you a Floridian? And the, the people get their facts wrong. So, so yeah. So that, that's what it reminded me of. I saw it after, you know, I thought about it, thought about it. I was like, this dude reminds me of Dexter, you know, just a legit person by day and doing something, I mean, illegal as shit by night. So, and, and, and to be fair, uh, Gulfport is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Florida. Even though you got to pass through Mobile, I mean, it's not that long of a drive. Nope, not at all. Not at all. Go pass through Mobile and through, and through the little part of Alabama that, that you know, Orange Beach and Gulf Shores, and then you're in Pensacola. You're in Florida, or is it Walton before Walton Beach first? Whatever it is first. Walton yeah. Beach is. I'm not saying that's part. Of, Fort Walton's part of Bama, so. Yeah. I thought it was part of Florida, Fort Walton Beach. Uh, mm. If I'm not mistaken, it's part of Bama. I should know this more, but I live in the north half, or I, I live in the north quarter. Nope, Fort Walton Beach, city in Florida. Ah, well, I guess I'm tripping. Yeah, Spanish Fort is outside of Mobile, but yeah, they have a very dominant high school football team. Nice. Yeah, yeah. got to be remembered for something. That's where I should move, so Andy could decide to play football finally. <laughs> there you the, go. The one parent who wants to get their kid into football still. It's holding Bro, out. This, this kid is nine years old. He's going to be 10. He's <laughs> five foot one, 145 pounds of just nothing but adrenaline, testosterone, and strength. And and he's like, Well, I don't, don't want to hit anybody. I'm like, dude, you need to be hitting people. You know, um he wants yeah. to be a pro wrestler. You know, great. Hell? Great parenting, right? Hey, hey, go hit somebody. You know, it's like, yeah, his principal would be like, yeah, he said that you told him to hit people. Uh, not in this. I didn't tell him to go beat up people. But, yeah, he wants to be a pro wrestler. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll go with that. I love it. I love it. He, he's going to do it. We're going to watch him on WWE <laughs> one of these days. We'll watch. Hey, hey, 100% the money, 0% chance of CTE. You know, mm. they still get the CTE, <laughs> but, but, they, but they're not they're not taking these are coordinated falls versus actually standing still, not seeing a blind side come and hit you. That's true. Yeah. That's that's fair. But, but they, they still get CTE. I mean, Chris Benoit, look him mm -hmm. up. Um, the, people thought that was steroid uh, induced in part was. But if you look him up and 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 you start re just just go down the rabbit hole with Chris Benoit. 
his his brain was that of like an 86 year old and he, and he mm-hmm. was 41 something mm-hmm. like that so early 40s yeah but then again his main thing was jumping from the corner and falling and doing a headbutt on you as he fell that was his that was his his move so he was constantly doing that so out ouch, yeah. ouch scripted violence yes. scripted violence foreseeable endings there yes, yes. and fun as fuck to watch man indeed indeed all right let's get on to our last topic of the week each week we ask our panelists to find what we call the alex moran player of the week the criteria is simple we're looking for an individual who wants to live their best life the true backup life all the glory none of the work and i'm gonna lead this one off so let's go with this i'm gonna butcher the last name um so i apologize uh, but this guy, his name is George Wajakoya. So we're just going to refer to him as George here. So if you've never heard of him, well, that's fine. Uh, George is a Kenyan presidential candidate who is campaigning on an economic reform policy that includes eliminating Kenya's close to 70 U.S. dollar billion debt via establishing a medical cannabis industry and exporting animal parts to China. On the latter point in particular, George claims that hyena testicles, this is again part of his economic stimulus plan, hyena testicles are a delicacy to some tribes in China. To George's credit, he is seen as the third best candidate for the election, and he has virtually done all of his campaigning via word of mouth and free outlets such as Facebook, Twitter, TikToks for all you youngins, etc. So that's my submission for the Alex Moran Player of the Week. Wow. What a take. What a take. Yeah, this dude just wants to get high in the uh presidential suite is one of his goals. Um, but yeah, he he just wants to get high and just sling some hyena balls. Like <laughs> what, what a platform. Oh my goodness. Oh, that is geez. that is something else. Yeah, yeah. I, right now even though he's the third candidate, he's got about 2% of the popular vote, so it's probably not going to happen, but you never know. Never know. Wow. Cade, who is your Alex Moran player of the week? Okay, so on <clears throat> this story came out late July, early August, so not too long ago. In Illinois, a young gentleman won the lottery at $1.28 billion. That's B, billion dollars. That's a shit ton of money. He you cheated. Assume... I was supposed to win. Oh, damn. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. I, he should be too, but continue. But you would imagine that with that, is going to come some form of taxing because you know uncle sam has to get their fair share and fuck us all i know that we're not supposed to go into politics here but not did they take a little they took over 60 percent of that bitch in the irs taxing they took he he walked out of there with 433 million dollars out of 1.28 billion with a B. That's that's a lot. That like like what's that analogy? Like a million seconds is like thirty something years and a and a billion is like thirty-seven 
years or something like that. I can't remember the analogy, but that's a lot. And yeah, he's still walking away with $433 million. But for the love of God, like the IRS is going to take over 60% of that in taxes. That is insanity. Talk about taking all the money with no work at all. Just, hey, here, you owe us this. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. So yeah. <laughs> mine is going to be the IRS. So <laughs> that's just insanity, <laughs> man. God, dude. I mean, if you think about it, it does read to a T of what we're looking for. All right. The true backup life, all the glory, none of the work. You chose these correct numbers, um, sir. Congratulations on winning the lottery. We'll take close to $800 million of that. Um, But to be to be fair to the uh, lottery winner, he can take roughly 30 percent of that and give it to charitable organizations of his choice, one of which I'll be establishing today. The Mike Stotes charity for people who are poor and give me money. So, you know, it'll be a 501c3. Just donate all the money in there. Um, you know, I drove through Illinois once. It was pretty cool. So, yeah, we won't shit on you for too much. No, no, no. But, you know, fuck the IRS. So we're on your side with this. Alonzo, who is your Alex Moran player of the week? So I, I hope I get I hope I get this whole Alex Moran player of the week thing right, okay? And but nobody I, does. It's fine. <clears throat> I'm going to go with someone who has been in the NFL. Okay, so I, I'm going I'm going sports wise here. Been in the NFL since when, when was he drafted? Uh, 2013. Shannon Sharp. And <laughs> has, no. has, has bounced around. <laughs> If you look at his career, he has signed with places that he knew he would never get playing time. Okay. Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley hmm. was a USC quarterback who had he, had he come out his junior year would have been the top, if not a top five pick, but he, it, it, he was ranked that high. And he realized that. And he said, I'm coming back for one more year. And his senior year was shit. He didn't play as hot, you know. He, now he wasn't more intercepted than touchdowns, but he was not the guy who, you know, he still got drafted fourth round, and he, he's he's bounced around. He's bounced around. Eagles. He wasn't going to play with the Eagles. He was gonna, he was going to back up Michael Vick and Nick Foles. Cardinals. Uh, at that point, they had a uh, Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. Bears. Jay Cutler. Ford Niners, uh, 2017, they were running with, I, I think that was the last year. No, no, it wasn't the last year of Colin Kaepernick. He probably could have played there, um, but he was beaten out by Brian Hoyer and C.J. Beathard. Cardinals oh. in 2017, inactive um, the whole season. Bengals in 2018, injured reserve. Bills in 2018, uh, probably could have made a mark there. I believe Tyrod Taylor was there, though, and he didn't do it. Dude, he couldn't beat Tyrod Taylor. Oh, no, Josh Allen was injured that year. And so, and Nathan Peterman came in. He couldn't beat on Nathan Peterman for like the, the backup spot. He's sitting there enjoying, you know, making a million dollars or whatever a year to be the third string guy and doing nothing. Titans, Ryan Tannehill, Panthers, 2021. You want an opportunity. This is an opportunity. No, no. Can he beat out Sam Darnold? No. What the fuck? Falcons, December of 21. Uh, came in just as like last second thing, you know, you know, Matt Ryan playing, but he's, they, 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 the writing's on the wall and he just signed with the bills again. So he's had a one-year contract with the bills. So this guy is really, really wor- uh, milking the NFL backup life. He's sitting there. He reminds me of Chase Daniel. A lot of Chase Daniel. Oh, yeah. He's sitting there and just 
holding that clipboard and, you know, I'm ready to play when I need to. In back of his mind, fuck, I hope I never need to, you know, just holding that clipboard and writing stuff down and, you know, I'm participating in practice. Uh, Joakim Noah, he reminds me of that. A lot of energy, no results. Just always moving around, but nothing happening. This is Matt Barkley. I apologize, Matt Barkley. I liked you coming out of USC. I thought you were going to do something great. And boy, have you been the biggest letdown. And we're talking about Mark Sanchez here. you more of a letdown than him when it comes to USC quarterbacks. Matt Leinert, you're more of a letdown than him. Uh, yeah, this is really pathetic that he he is living the backup life and he's signing at places where he knows he will not compete for a starting job because he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to put in that work, but he wants to make that cash. Yeah, That's he hasn't right. signed with the USFL yet. That's why. Or the XFL <laughs> next year. Yeah, he, he could. He could. And to his credit, too, of living the true backup life, all the glory, none of the work. Um, it only takes three years to hit, hit NFL full pension. He's there. So <laughs> he's well past there. He's he just is. grinding. He I is, love it. He is good to go. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am jealous of this motherfucker. All right. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, is there jealousy speaking? Hell yeah. I wish I could hold a clipboard and not ever play it fucking down in the NFL, but I don't have that. So I'm going to talk shit about the guy who does. So. <laughs> Damn right. As I sit on my couch and drink more of this delicious pumpkin whiskey. And this Maris the Trashy Otter American Imperial Brown, which is starting to hit, by the way. I, I, oh I realize how that it, it's probably like a nine percenter is what I'm thinking. Your eyes got real big looking at the camera. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah that... I'm getting there, Cade. Hopefully, one day you, I, and Mike can sit down and have beers, and we'll have we'll have like you can see me in person. It's fun, <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I love the most about this show, right? Like we're just a bunch of fuck offs sitting around pouting trashy otter brown beers from the middle of nowhere arizona like you know what matt barkley fuck your multi-million dollar <laughs> contracts every year you suck but but i mean really at the end of the day this is just all of us getting out our jealousy so there it is absolutely absolutely there it is and i thank you for saying chase daniel because i won the all-time uh alex moran player of the week uh competition that was only known by me at the time by saying that I think week two or three. So wow, yeah, no, Chase stuff. Daniel, Chase Daniel is the king of that. So yeah, oh indeed. yeah, indeed, yeah. yeah. All right, now comes the bad part. Got to announce that this week's big loser. The good part is none of them are here. Uh, this week's <laughs> big loser is a three-way tie between McChesney, Phelps, and Benner who will all atone for their sins next week during our college football preview special edition. Um, I think Benner's going to have to do double duty because I did his punishment for him this week. Um, so we'll force him to do that. We'll figure it out. Yes. But as our special guest panelist who came on at the last minute, Alonzo, what you got going on for the people? You got any last words you want to say? And we appreciate you joining us here on Plastered Negotiations. Uh, you know what? I I had a blast. Everyone, you know, out there listening, you know, this is this is great. If you've subscribed, keep listening to these guys. These guys are awesome. Mike and Kate, I hope you guys invite me back. I'd actually would like to take part in that college football one. Um, if if, if you have room, because Done. I have I have one guarantee about this college football season. Um, 
guarantee, and I will put money on that. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it, and you'll laugh when you hear it. So it, it'll it, it'll be a great guarantee. Maybe I said done too early. It's is it uh, Clemens related? No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, all. you're in. You're in. Good. Not at all. And unless unless the other guarantee is, I don't think Clemson's going to sniff the playoffs because I don't think they're going <laughs> to. Um, but no, I, I would love to be invited back. I enjoyed hanging with you guys today. This was this was a freaking blast. Um, yeah, everyone out there, you know, enjoy your enjoy yourselves, enjoy your time. Don't take yourselves too seriously. Talk shit with your friends. Have some beers and then you know, shake hands at the end of the day and watch some watch some sports. It's all good, man. That's all yeah. good. Yeah. So to wrap things up throughout the episode, we mentioned a number of different alcohol varieties and brands and such. Our opinions do not reflect any of the beliefs, etc., of any of these companies. We just really like them and wanted to promote them, especially me, because Southern Tier Pumpkin is incredible in stores across most of the United States, except for the places that suck. Anyways, we thank you for joining us this week for plaster negotiations and again nothing we said was legally binding next week's episode will feature our college football preview special more adult beverages and this week's losers actually trying to learn comprehend and put into their schedules that hey you got to show up for something sometimes when you commit to it but that's okay water under the bridge especially when all of them are doing their assorted punishments have a great week 21 means 21, designated driver and be good people. On behalf of Alonzo Maestas, J.K. Weilemann, and our podcast editor, Ryan Benner, who can't read a schedule, I'm Mike Stotes, and we'll see you next time. Mocked by Genius Channel, goodbye, some of it misunderstood. They've been wrong many times before.